It is Friday, July 15, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by Shady Rays. Not only the best looking shades in the entire business, but when you break them or you lose them, they will replace them. That is the irreplaceable Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We are joined by producer Rob and intern Alden as well. Okay, everybody's coming our direction for All-Star Weekend. Are we ready? Ready. I mean, I've been ready for two months for this. I just told you off the air on our AMP app that I'm a little disappointed. I wasn't invited to the celebrity softball game mm. taking place uh, tomorrow. Yep. But, you know, that's that's their loss, not mine. Absolutely. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, quickly, everybody that is listening right now is shuffling through trying to find the definition of celebrity. But yes, mm. I, I would agree with you. Um, so I know that a lot of the guys on the Rose rotation are looking forward to their break, which is coming up on Sunday. I don't know if Miguel Rojas has scheduled his dental appointment quite yet. I don't know if he had it done yesterday, but I get all these texts and tweets and everything about Miggy Rowe taking a helmet from O'Neill Cruz right to the Kissa. That was a tough man. one, man, with the, the, the tooth coming out and everything. Because that guy's so tall, you know, Miggy doesn't expect the height right there. When the guy comes up out of his slide, you're not expecting a six, seven dude. That's what happened. I'm serious, man. Helmet right to the freaking tooth. I'm actually surprised this sort of stuff doesn't happen more with your, you guys in the infield. That's what I'm saying though. You, you know how to play around normal sized people, but then you get around a guy like that and he's just bigger. Things well, just I'm talking about even just taking a ground ball, a bad hop off the choppers yeah. or something. Well, uh, that's a testament to the grounds crews. Really? Like if, I go play in these amateur fields now with like Teddy and stuff. I I'm like scared to death for these kids because you never know what hop the ball is going to take. Once you get to the big leagues, bro, it's just that good. Best. Huh? Oh my uh, gosh. There's nothing better than a ground ball on a freshly like done surface. It's perfect water amount, everything blades of grass, perfectly cut. Oh, nothing those, better. the grounds crew works their ass off, man. Dude. It is just incredible what they, what they do. Uh, one of the better fields in the show is out in Anaheim. I was always told that by infielders, and that's where the freeway series, just a quick two-game stop will happen between the Dodgers and the Halos tonight. Don't know if you've checked out the standings, but L.A. has already all of a sudden built a nine-and-a-half game lead over the Padres in the NL West, in part because of the red-hot Freddie Freeman, who is 14 for his last 17 and hitting over 450 since leaving Atlanta and that emotional trip. Is that a coincidence or not? I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's just Freddie Freeman being Freddie freaking Freeman. His swing looks locked in right now. He's playing with a ton of passion. He even got thrown out at the plate uh, in that Cardinal series, which is kind of fun. I Freddie's been a, a, a banger since day one, Chris. I don't know if I've referenced this on the show yet, but I played against Freddie 2010 in Gwinnett, which mm. is the AAA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves in the International League. And he was this tall, super skinny kid at 20 years old. He had almost a 900 OPS at 20 years old in that league. That's not a hitter's league. That is a pitcher's league, okay? So from day one, I knew this kid was special. He had the tight Under Armour sleeves. Even back then, I was like, I don't know what this kid is doing. But he absolutely rakes. His swing is just so pure. It's like when you see a really good golf swing you're just like mm -hmm. damn that thing just works it's so consistent that's like when i watch freddie hit it's like that that swing plays no matter what league you're in and it's so consistent now he's just it's one of those 
good weeks where Freddie's seeing the ball. And, and you know what? Guys like him, they know how to continue that and like elongate those streaks and shorten the bad ones. He's just a baller, man. Well, yeah, his his swing is very repeatable. I mean, even an amateur like me can just see when it just very rarely goes out on him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, there are times where his timing is off and things like that. Where you're going to have that over a six month season. But man, it's just one of the most consistent swings in the bigs. But getting back to the question of it, is it a coincidence that that this explosion happened after he left Atlanta and had a lot of tears? and had a lot of things to go on with his contract talk and things of that nature. I I don't think there is. I thought maybe the telling quote of the entire season was Clayton Kershaw coming out publicly and saying, hey, it was great that Freddie had his time here. It was great that they honored him the way that they did. It's well-deserved. I am hopeful that he will realize that this is a pretty good place to be as well. And my guess is when that got back to Freddie and that he and Clayton had their talk, which they reportedly did, that something probably shook loose a little bit in his heart and his brain and said, you know what? I've got to move on. Like, I, I really have to. I owe it to them. I owe it to myself. I owe it to my family that this is a pretty damn good place. That if I can't be in Atlanta, this ain't bad. And I'm going to have a shot every year at the World Series, and they're going to lean on me heavily in order to get there. Yeah, Freddie's got a good life, okay? And I think sometimes when you, as a player, you move on from an organization, yeah, there are some pieces there that, you know, need to be put back together a little bit. But when you play baseball, as long as Freddie's played baseball, sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is just lose yourself in the work. And maybe that's what happened too. Maybe after that series, he's like, I don't want to think about that shit anymore. Like, let me get into this. Let me really bear down on my at-bats and when a guy like Freddie gets into a mindset like that, I mean, stuff like this can happen. Yeah, it's great for him, and it's great for the Dodgers, and it's bad for the rest of the National League. Uh, What is fun is that we have a tightly contested race in the American League Central. Tristan McKenzie, Dr. Sticks, as we like to say, continues to shine. Struck out a career-high dozen Tigers last night. Extended his scoreless streak to 21 innings. So you couple Cleveland's win with Chicago taking the first to four up in Minnesota. You've got three teams within a four-game lead of the American League Central. In your opinion, do you think all three teams will be buyers over the next couple of weeks before the deadline? Well, first, shout-out to Sticks. He's got that whip under one. He's trying to get paid. I love that. Um, Do I think all three teams will be buyers? I think the Twins 100% will be. They're looking for pitching depth. Um, I think the White Sox kind of have to be because this is their window. They're looking for some outfield depth, um, also pitching because everyone's looking for pitching. The Guardians, and I think you might be able to answer this a little bit better than me, but I think they're in a a kind of a fluid situation where they could sell. Maybe maybe they buy, but I think if they do buy, Chris, it's going to be someone that's very controllable. I'm thinking – you know, beyond 2024 type of controllable. And they have like a, they have a surplus of infield, middle infield depth at like their higher levels. And so they can either deal from that or they can go ahead and say like, Hey, Rosario, you're performing very well, but we have these guys, maybe they go and give him to uh, another contender and then bring back someone controllable, you know, in a different area. You've also mentioned Shane Bieber possibly getting traded. So I, I'm kind of curious to see your take on this, but I think they're kind of one of the, I think, yes, the White Sox, yes, the Twins, the Guardians, maybe a little bit of both. I think you've nailed it. 
for a guy who's an outsider, I think you nailed it perfectly. And part of the reason I think the Guardians are in buy slash sell mode, and I think they're one of the few teams in baseball that could go actually simultaneously could go both directions, which sounds weird, but I think they could, is because they are so payroll conscious. conscious. They have to be. And they also have a lot of young guys that are coming up in their system that they're going to have to make decisions on for the 40-man. And I know it's weird to be talking about that at the trade deadline, but you just don't want to expose guys to rule five drafts and not get anything when exactly, particularly when you rely on, you know, on young guys, the way that Cleveland does, you know, they've had like a dozen guys make their major league debut this year. I mean, they constantly are shuttling guys through the outfield, whether it's Steven Kwan, Oscar Gonzalez, now Nolan Jones. These aren't guys that are just coming up to fill a spot for a couple of days. These are guys who they're saying, all right, you will be be given a chance to be our everyday left fielder, right fielder, whatever it is. And so that's how that's their modus operandi. And at the same time, the reason you mentioned Bieber and I've mentioned it before, I don't think the Guardians know what they can do with him long term contractually if they mm-hmm. feel like they want to pay him a hundred plus million dollars. I don't. He's going to so demand that, a lot. He's going to demand a lot of money if he continues to put up the oh, numbers yeah. that he's put up. And I agree with you. They're kind of one of those teams that looks at that and they say, Hey, you know, we typically, they don't get even close to free agency with these guys. They try to uh, sell a top value. Lindor was maybe a mistake, although it brought back some really good prospects or well, good, great a guy players. Who turned into an all-star in Andre. Yeah. Spanis. So, but if you look back during that time, we said, Oh, they should have done it before. Yes. Maybe, maybe they could have got even more. What I want to know with the Guardians, and I hope their front office, they give a timetable. Like You can't be in this state like where you're in and out all the time. Like If 2023 or 24 is going to be your window, make that your window then. And like during those years, go get dudes. Like Go. Yeah, like, go. But- just like, they just never really, even like 2016, like it, it never there. There's always like this, like elongated kind of very slim window with them. You know, I want it to just be wide open. I know, but their window, they're very much like the Tampa Bay Rays. I think they feel like their window is always open as yeah. long as they're a half step ahead of everybody else. Right. I mean, how many times has Tampa made a trade where we're like, why are you getting rid of Willie Adamas? You know, and they end up getting back two pitchers who really help them yeah. during a stretch run. So I think that's kind of what the Guardians do. Very quickly, the White Sox, so what, are they going to trade for a second baseman or a left-handed stick and maybe an extra bullpen arm? Like, is that what – because when we still look at their team, you still look at it and you're like, it's pretty complete. That's pretty good. I I, I, I don't know what to think about the White Sox. Maybe some some like left field help and be like – I mean, the Happer's out there. You know, he's like got – um he can move around. He can even play like second base for them mm-hmm. right now. I think they're doing like Garcia and Harrison at second base. And that's what it is. Maybe you'd want an upgrade there. I mean, they have a good roster. It hasn't worked out for them. So, you know, sometimes that'll push a team. You bring someone like Ian Happen, who's having a great year and he's, he hasn't been there all year. So he comes into the clubhouse with some positivity. We know how Ian is a great clubhouse guy. Maybe that changes things. I don't know. They need to do something. I mean, they're probably not going to fire their manager or whatever. Like maybe a big trade like that, you know, sparks something for them. Yeah, they take something two out of happen. three, two more out of the three left this weekend in Minnesota. They're only three back heading into the break. And then all of a sudden that division is up for grabs. 
Uh, Yankees and Red Sox will battle for the second time in as many weekends, this time at Boogie Down. Uh, New York, they lost two out of three at home against the Cincinnati Reds, while Boston got swept in a four-game set in Tampa. Which of those two results was more surprising? It's got to be the Yankees-Reds, although the Reds, are they the hottest team in baseball? Didn't they just sweep the Rays? They did. They swept the Rays. And by the way, they were – and I'll give the Yankees credit because they took game two of that series after being down 4 nothing and Severino exiting early. Yeah. The Reds were this close from a three-game sweep in the Bronx, and, and every Yankee fan will tell you that too. Of course, yeah. And, you know, what the, give, give us the A-Rod baseball um, – quote right there because that's just the game man sometimes it happens you know the reds have some good players obviously on their team castillo goes seven innings whatever whatever it's very surprising to me that they're playing this well but again sometimes teams just get hot uh and yes the yankees were very lucky to salvage uh game two right there and then game three gets kind of given to them on two wild pitches i think it was by the way the reds bullpen sucks <laughs> oh my god is their bullpen terrible like and their defense isn't great either man they made some, just some gash but they ended up taking two or three and as you said you know five out of six against two really good teams from their american league east the reds have played great since that terrible start or at least average shout so, out the rays for getting swept by the reds and then going yeah. and sweeping and, and by the way, the Rays, you know, they just put Shane Baz on the injured list. Another major, major injury. Who knows if we'll see him again this season. 17 players on the injured list, which is most in baseball at this point. Somehow they took care of the Red Sox. And so I want to give a lot of credit to the Rays. Yandy Diaz is balling his ass off right now. He's killing the baseball. Um, and the thing is, they don't quit. Mm -mm. The Red Sox had at least a share of the lead in three of those four games down in St. Petersburg. And Boston could not hang on to it. I don't – I haven't checked the temperature on Red Sox Twitter lately. They must be going apeshit with their bullpen situation because it's the easiest part to fix at the trade deadline. Every game is meaningful. Why isn't Haim doing something about it? I Because everybody wants bullpen help. That's So that's what? what I, I'm just saying, like, everybody wants bullpen help. So the people that have the bullpen pieces to give away, they know that. They're not giving them away just yet. They're asking every single team to send their best offers. And if, you're, if your team doesn't want to give up their guys, you're not going to get them. Like, that's just how it works. So, yeah, they, can, they need help. Most teams do. But it's like, can you muster up the, the package to go actually do it? I mean, they have to do something, but. It's, it, I don't think it's, it's not that easy. I know a lot of fan bases are clamoring for trade for this, trade for that, trade for that. I promise you your front office is working to revamp these rosters. But it, again, it takes two to tango. Are you surprised that we haven't seen, like we saw Carlos Santana get traded uh, a couple of weeks ago, but are you surprised we haven't seen a major, major deal yet? What's today? July 15th. It's coming. It's coming. I think over the all-star break, we'll get some, some GMs sitting down thinking about what they really need. And I think straight out of the all-star break, we might see some stuff. How about that? Okay, good. Uh, Corey Seager will round out the eight player home run derby on Monday out in his old home of Los Angeles. Are you disappointed that a current Dodger nor that Giancarlo Stanton got that eighth or final spot? I am disappointed because I thought on the Yankees broadcast, they had mentioned that Stanton Michael was going to be in. It. He did. Michael K said it. 
So that makes me wonder if there's still some sort of something happening, but it doesn't seem like it. Corey Seager's great. I mean, obviously he grew up with the Dodgers, so I think he'll still get a pretty good ovation, even though he left um, in free agency. But yeah, I'm disappointed. Of course I am. I mean, I would love to see, I mean, we got no Shohei, no Trout, no Dodger, no Stanton. Like we got no LA people in there. And that's kind of disappointing to me. Right. Uh, well, Albert Pujols is the closest you got having played a decade out here, but that's, Uh, I guess that's right. Yeah. But I forget about his angel years because he's back in. it's like, he never left St. Louis. Don't blink because that one's going to (laughs) be over in a hurry. That Pujols Schwarber matchup. Um, (laughs) Call. I hate doing this. Call me the cynic. (laughs) Do you think they went to Corey Seager who became an all-star replacement yesterday and that for George Springer, and then signed on for the home run derby. Do you think Major League Baseball went to him and said, okay, we will put you in the all-star game if you agree to do the home run derby? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. So you think Corey Seager was the next guy in line ahead of Ty France? Maybe. I just think that Corey Seager, after all the money he's made, like he, a lot of these guys, when you talk to them, they love the all-star game, but after you've done it, like they don't want to do it anymore. It's very pressing. You'd rather have that time off. So I don't think like enticing him with the all-star appearance and saying you have to do the home run derby, like not for a guy like Corey Seager, some guy that hasn't made a lot of money or is a younger guy, maybe that would work with him. But Seager doesn't need, doesn't need this. Well, so he could have said no to both. He could have said, Hey, you know what? I'm all right. I've already got plans. I'm going to go kick it for a few days with my wife. I'm out. Like, I just think it was more natural. Like, hey, like, yeah, maybe he was the next guy in line. I'm, I'm assuming he was. I don't think there's any foul play there. Um, and then they're like, hey, we need a spot. Are you interested? And maybe he said, sure. I think it was something easy like that. I don't think there was any, like, you know, mischief behind the scenes, Dr. Evil type stuff. Did you see that? Although that's he, fun to think about. He's getting a $100,000 bonus for being an all-star this year. Nice. Now, listen, I am all for, and I've always been, for players making as much money as possible. I would much rather see it go to the players than the owners. Believe me. But if you sign a $325 million contract, shouldn't it be expected you should be an all-star like at some point? Why is there why is there a $100,000 bonus? There's, dude, go look at some of these contracts. There's always these weird little incentives that go on. And yeah, this was a hundred thousand bonus. I had a trade clause when I signed with Oakland because we're like, obviously we're going to get traded because you're going to go play in Oakland. And I had a, a trade clause. And when I got, I got designated, but then ended up getting traded to Tampa. The sucker hit Chris. It's nice really? got change in my pocket. Yeah. So when you got DFA, you were like, oh, please over the next 10 days, they better trade my ass. Well, I didn't even think about it because I thought I was done at that time. I was just like, so in my head, I was like, dude, you suck. Like, you're going to go home. And then, yeah, when Tampa called and said they traded for me, I'm like, wait a minute. I think I have a trade clause. And I did. Five figures. Not that big. More for trade? Yes. I don't want to say what it was. It was six figures. A nice six figure. In a trade clause? Yeah, it it was nice. It was a nice phone call. For my agent. That is so awesome. Yeah. Good for you, man. That is great. Who who pays that, by the way? Is it the old team or the new team? Tampa paid it, yeah. It's the best $500,000 they ever spent. 
Dude, I, they love me there. I'm a Tampa legend. <laughs> <laughs> Played three games and sat the rest, sat on the bench the rest of the whole freaking time. Okay, John Boy Media sending out 20 <laughs> people this weekend to Los Angeles for our coverage of the Midsummer Classic. A lot of them arrive on Saturday. <clears throat> Who are you most worried about hitting the LA scene? I'm actually worried about our company most, like overall, because I've been telling Jake Storiali that he's an, that he's a movie star. I said, you're right. a fucking star. I've been telling him that since it took me a while. I didn't like him at first, but then when I started to get to know Jake and understand him, I said, bro, I think we're holding you back. If this dude comes out to LA, meets the right people, he's got like that, like, younger older brother funny cousin vibe that he can be placed in any of these movies and like once people see him doing his dances and you know taking his pants off on instagram like we might lose jake and then i don't Mm. know what we're gonna do as a company might as well just fold if we lose that guy no that's a great call um and you know we we make fun of him being a little vertically challenged in hollywood he's the perfect size yeah they love smaller people like if you've ever been around actors, you're always like, my God, you are tiny. tiny. Yeah. yeah. Like I would be considered a giant if and I were musicians. Yes. But really actors. Oh gosh. They're, we're showing for my aunt people. We're showing a Jake with no pants on right now. My goodness. That was a little too much. It was too. I told him that. I said, no, it's too much, bro. Yeah. You know what? So he's going to be interesting. Um, Joe's has never been out here. Joe's. You know, Joe's might find himself like we don't, we don't even know. He yeah. just goes. Joe's just goes. Dude. Joe's goes. Like I'm a little uh, worried it, for you on, on Sunday night. No, all these young people partying. You trying to keep up. We got a well, show Monday morning, dude. You know what? That is uh, Michelle Rose's birthday. Oh, wow. So we're going to have to uh, we'll see how she handles that. Might okay. be a few shots in order for. Yes. Hey, people, Monday, our show is going to be sloppy. We might want to pre-tape this one. <laughs> be honest with you. We might want to pre-tape it like Sunday afternoon. Oh, well, you've got the draft. You can't. I got the draft. Jeez. Do you All know right. that I offered Jake a chance to go hit on the field at Dodger Stadium to test out the Homer and Derby thing? And he said, no. He wants, to go, to bingo. He wants to go to bingo with you guys. Oh, my God. Is that what he said? I said, dude, this Dodger Stadium, Chavez Ravine, that immaculate freaking playing surface. You don't want to go try to hit homers there? No, he's scared. A little scared. Fuck, man. So he he would rather do that on Sunday morning, huh? Bingo. I just just praised him that he was going to be a superstar. Then I called him scared. All in the same episode. That's kind of how I feel about Jake. I go back Mm -hmm. and forth. Yeah. (laughs) You really vacillate between the two with him. All right. What do you have coming up on John Boy? Right after this uh, series recap uh, with the boys talking baseball, going over the games. Um, it was a great series between the Braves and the Mets. We'll talk about that and some of the ones we mentioned. But yeah, Friday episode, baby. What do you? What about you? What do you got? Go uh, check out the latest episode of the Rose Rotation, the Cleveland catching combo of Austin Hedges and Luke Maley. Very funny. So if you have forty minutes when they're you're exercising or driving in the car, listen. They they are very very funny. They don't take themselves seriously. Um, they're great together. They are great together. And then uh, I am recording one with Paul Seawald of the Seattle Mariners, who has found a nice home up there and is doing a nice job closing games. I hear he's quite the eccentric. 
Okay. Yeah. I grew up with Chris Bryan out in Las Vegas and they were college teammates as well. So we're going to cover that. And both his parents were accountants. That's what I I think he was going to do. He was going to be an accountant. How is he eccentric if both his parents were accountants? That's no, but I mean, I think that he has kind of come out of his shell a little bit. I hear he's got a big chip on his shoulder, which is fun. I like that. I dig it. Metaphorically or like a actual chip. No, I think it's a metaphor. Okay. You never know with pitchers these days. They might put a chip in their arm to get the release point the same spot. I was talking to Randy Wolf last night. Randy Wolf, where'd you see him? Yeah, he's in, he lives in my neighborhood. He's my guy. By the way, roped up, big dude. I'm gonna start working out with him. But he, we were talking about pitchers and how easy they got it these days. He's like, man, we used to have to actually like work and like figure Did things you say out roped on our own. Up or yoked up, roped up, baby. Oh, wow. Okay, he's trying to look like his umpire brother. Yeah, doesn't want to. I mean, they're, they're very similar. They, he's he's jacked right now. Yeah. That's Shout nice. out Randy Wolf. 16 years in the show. All right, listen, we will see you on Monday's edition of Baseball Today presented by Shady Rays. So make sure you have a good, safe baseball weekend. We can't wait to get the festivities started with our entire family from John Boy Media. It's going to be a blast. Um, Hopefully we'll see some of you at the party on Tuesday as well. I'm sure we're going to be talking to you about that on Monday and Tuesday's show. But for producer Robbie Scirocco, our summer intern Alden Stone, my man T. Plouffe, I'm Chris Rose. We'll see you Monday on Baseball Today presented to you by Shady Rays.